Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Ida Waringa in Nairobi, Kenya and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we focus on the CAF Champions League final with Wydad Casablanca of Morocco beating Al-Athli of Egypt in a great game and with Wydad enjoying home advantage. We go to Morocco to talk about the match. Wydad fans spent the night celebrating after the game. Thousands of people, uh, children, families, uh, they took the streets here in Casablanca. That's coming shortly. Also, we'll be finding out more about Wydad's coach, Walid Regragi. Uh, lots too on the UEFA Champions League final. And we take a look at newly promoted Nottingham Forest. First, the group stage of qualifying for the 2023 Africa Cup of Nations finals is underway. Uh, there are two rounds of qualifiers being played in the space of 13 days, so lots of games coming up. Uh, Ghana made an impressive start, beating Madagascar 3-0, and uh, Libya beat Botswana 1-0 with their new coach Corentin Martin. Uh, the Frenchman took Mauritania to a first-ever Nations Cup finals in 2019. See if he can take Libya to the finals this time around. And more on the qualifiers on next week's show. So Widat Casablanca of Morocco beat Al-Athli of Egypt 2-0 in the CAF Champions League final in Morocco on Monday night with two goals from Zuhir El Mutaraji. The first a spectacular long-range shot. Widad had massive home support. The game was played at their home ground in Casablanca as they took a third title. Al-Athli's South African coach, Pizzo Massimani, was not able to win a third title in a row with the club. Well, there's so much to talk about with this game. There was lots of controversy with Widad playing the one-legged final at their home ground. The venue only decided at the semi-final stage. On the other hand, it was a great game and a fantastic spectacle with an amazing atmosphere in the stadium. I spoke to our reporter in Morocco, Jalal Bonnois, who was at the match in Casablanca. It was a big, big day in Casablanca. Strict security measures were implemented to make this event successful. It was hard, hard, hard to find the tickets. Uh, the stadium was full, I mean, for Five hours before uh, kickoff, it was completely uh, full and it was hard to find a place. So uh, after the game, when we had won, how can I describe to you the atmosphere uh, in Casablanca? Not only in Casablanca, by the way, in different Moroccan cities, even in some European capitals. We had fans spent the night celebrating after the game. Thousands of people, uh, children, families, uh, they took the streets here in Casablanca and in other Moroccan cities to celebrate the title, which is a big achievement, not only for Widad, but uh, Moroccan uh, football. Yes, a beating a club as big as Al-Athli. What did that mean to the Widad Casablanca fans, Jalal? Well, the Champions League title means a lot for Widad. It means a lot for Widad fans. It's the third Champions League title for the club who have been doing well recently. At the level of the club, it means a lot because finally Widad are able to match Raja Casablanca, I mean, to equalize the same number of Champions League titles that the rivals Raja Casablanca ha have. Two years ago, we had lost to uh, experience in Radis, and I can't imagine uh, losing another final 
for the fans. It's something, it's something unacceptable. Besides, let me tell you that uh, the Super Cup, it's now 100% uh, Moroccan uh, for the first time in the history of Moroccan football. So because we had won the, the Champions League and the Renaissance Barkan, they won the Confederation Cup. So it's an opportunity also for the fans to see their team without Casablanca uh, playing, playing the FIFA World Cup, you know, with the presence of big, big, big teams, including Real Madrid. And they want to see their team doing, doing good in this competition. Why not? like Raja Casablanca, their rivals who reached the final of the FIFA World Cup in 2013. So it's a big title for the Widadis here in Casablanca. Yes, so Widad will represent Africa in the FIFA Club World Cup. Of course, there was a controversial aspect to the final as Widad had home advantage uh, with Morocco hosting the game, although, of course, uh, Morocco were the only country to bid to host after Senegal withdrew. Uh, but, Jalal, there were many complaints that it wasn't fair uh, that Widad got to play at their home ground. So what have people said there in Morocco? Um, let me uh, tell you that Widad... For Widadis, for the, the Widad fans, for Moroccans who love football, uh, there is no link between Widad and the decision to, or to, to, to play the, the final here in Casablanca. I, I think Moroccan, Moroccan Football Federation have bidded to host this tournament and as any other federation. And then the decision was taken through a democratic procedure, through votes. The, the majority of votes uh, went to, to, to the choice of Casablanca, including a vote that was given by Hani Aburida, the president of the Egyptian Football Federation himself. He voted for Casablanca to, 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 to host the, the final, not, not, not Senegal. So at the end, he came to play here. Let me tell you, and to be honest, that for sure, when fans are here, when you play in front of your supporters, we know that this support uh, plays an important role in 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 maybe uh, making a victory. But despite all these discussions and what have been uh, going on in 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 the last days concerning this topic, Morocco was able to organize uh, a successful final. If we compare to what happened in the European Champions League final in Paris, I think Moroccan authorities were very successful in terms of security for. Us in Morocco, we, we have to celebrate and we are celebrating for any decision. It should be addressed to CAF, to CAF authorities and to uh, the Egyptian Football Federation who did not bid to host the, the final. Well, no doubt the final was a superb spectacle. And uh, Jalal, just finally, tell us about the Widad Casablanca coach, uh, Walid Regragi, uh, someone we don't uh, probably know much about. Uh, I remember he played for the Moroccan national team and he participated uh, in the 2004 Africa Cup of Nations when the Atlas Lions reached the, the final of the Africa Cup of Nations. He uh, started uh, his uh, coaching career, you know, and then he joined Fusrabat, with whom he won the Moroccan League. Then he uh, went to uh, Qatar to coach Duhail. Uh, he won there the, the, the Qataris uh, League. And then he joined with at Casablanca winning the, the Champions League. And the majority of Moroccans, they believe in him to be the, the why not, the new Atlas Lions coach. Uh, the day when maybe uh, the current coach, uh, Vahid Haliluzic, maybe uh, leaves his 
post. Well, that's Planet Sport Football Africa's Jalal Bonwa in Casablanca on the CAF Champions League final. Uh, well, Ida, there's just so much to talk about. Uh, firstly, on the positive side, looking at this as a spectacle, you'd have to say probably one of the best finals ever. And uh, if it was played at a neutral venue in another country, uh, certainly would not have been that electric atmosphere. Well, you never know, Steve. I mean, perspectives are different. I'm sure that some Egyptians or fans of Al-Ali generally would say that it's precisely this electric atmosphere we speak of, you know, that gave the Moroccans that edge to lift the trophy. But I really like something Jalal has said there in reference to the UEFA Champions League and its organization. The CAF Champions League was much better executed than the UEFA one, in my opinion, at least. And let me be honest, whereas CAF has in many situations been the SI unit of chaos and disorganization, Steve, on this, it does seem that some lessons on planning and efficiency can be learned from the African body. But going back to matters on the pitch, well, Jalal has said it all. Mutaraji, really the hero of the night, his first strike, a thing of beauty. He joined Wedad at 18, he's now 26. He has since been in and out of the club on loan, but I'm sure, Steve, that night of the final was one of, if not the best, of his career so far. Widad are the Reds of Casablanca, and they are now on the same level as the Greens of Raja, Steve, who also have three crowns. Of course, the two are big, big rivals in uh, the Moroccan economic capital of Casablanca. And now an interesting tidbit, Steve, one which also adds to the irony in regards to the final. Now, the name Widad in Arabic loosely translates to love and affection or even unity and harmony, you know, depending on who you ask. So the name Widad Casablanca, Steve, actually came about from a film by a legendary Egyptian artist named Um Kaltum. That was in the 1930s, I believe. I find it so interesting, Steve, that the Moroccan club got its name from an Egyptian. And I think that despite the huge footballing rivalry between the two nations, this definitely shows how the two are also very inextricably linked. <laughs> oh, really? Fascinating. And uh, Ida, we saw the Al-Athli players and technical team taking off their runners-up medals as soon as they were given them. Uh, the clear message that uh, Athli felt the odds were stacked against them uh, with the CAF giving Morocco the hosting of the final. Indeed, Steve, the Egyptian club definitely made its thoughts clear. And Pizzo Mosimane, Al-Ali coach, pretty much added to that after the game, you know, clearly saying that Al-Ali would have won that final had it been held elsewhere at a neutral venue. The South African, of course, was aiming to equal Manuel Jose's record of four CAF Champions League titles. And in as much as we have mentioned the proper execution of the final, on the day itself, and especially in comparison to UEFA's, Steve, it is important to note that the controversy in the build-up to this threatened to overshadow the game and Widad's win. 
And I'm sure in some minds actually succeeded in doing that. I mean, remember that embarrassing hashtag, stop calf corruption. And I said it a few weeks ago, I'll say it again, despite its reasons, the the continental body should not have left it that late to announce the host. As we've previously discussed, CAF is now thinking of reverting to the format of a two-legged final, so we will see how that develops. Steve, this final capped off what's been a horrible year for Egyptian football, frankly. Losing the AFCON final to Senegal, then losing out on a place at the World Cup at the same hands, the Teranga Lions, then losing out on this, the CAF Champions League title. And as this happens, it's been the total opposite for Morocco, as Jalal touched on there. I mean, holders of both CAF titles now and on the way to Qatar. Yeah, well, thanks, Ida. Certainly the CAF Champions League final, a memorable one for good reasons and for controversial reasons, too. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. Still to come, Stuart on the drama of the UEFA Champions League final and on newly promoted Nottingham Forest. You can follow us on Twitter at Planet Sport FA and you can download our app and listen to the show anytime and access past programs in our archive. To download the app, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Let's go to social media now. Last week we asked who was the best manager in the English Premier League this just-ended season. It was Jurgen Klopp who was named the Premier League's manager of the season, ahead of Pep Guardiola. But on last week's show, Stewart argued that there are other managers who did remarkably well with less resources. For example, Thomas Frank, who took Brentford to 14th place uh, as they were newcomers, Eddie Howe, who turned around Newcastle's fortunes, and Graham Potter, who took Brighton to 9th place. So we asked, who would you say was the best manager this season? And we had a huge response again this week, and it was Klopp who had the most support overall. Uh, Good luck, Issy in Nigeria, said Klopp was consistent against Chelsea at finals, and he nearly won the league. He deserved to be named the manager of the season. Uh, Merlar Gibson in Liberia said Klopp is the best coach in the world right now. Then Osita Dima Alioka in Nigeria says Klopp deserves the award for taking Liverpool to three finals, winning two and still maintaining the pace in the Premier League race. It wasn't an easy task. Hashtag Klopp is a genius, says Osita Dima. Then Balong Baji in the Gambia says Klopp stood out for me due to him having a bond of trust with his players as well as his vast knowledge of coaching. I think that's why almost all Liverpool games produced results, says Balong. And Marama Elias in the DR Congo says Klopp is the best not only in the English Premier League but in the world. Uh, but uh, quite a few people disagreed. Yabets Echewaka in Ethiopia says we're talking here about the Premier League manager of the year and not the best managers in the EFL and FA Cups. Uh, Klopp didn't beat the Premier League top three teams. And uh, yes, indeed, uh, he had draws there with Man City, with Chelsea and with Tottenham. Uh, so thanks for those views there, Yabets. Then in Uganda, we heard from Gaussman, who says Pep Guardiola is the best manager of all time. And in Sudan, uh, Gantluak Joktai says Guardiola is the best.
Cherno Jallo in the Gambia says Klopp is carried by the caliber of players he has, while Pep carried the whole of Man City on his shoulders. Although many disagreed with Cherno's comments, Osai Gilbert said、uh, Pep spent more money in buying players than any other manager in the EPL, and he's already signed Erling Haaland for next season. And a Ditero Raboloko in Botswana、uh, says Pep had all that money to bring Jack Grealish from Villa to Man City. Then in South Sudan, Mubariki Owen felt that Klopp doesn't deserve the Manager of the Season award. Mubariki says he never won the Manager of the Month award during the entire season. How come he gets the Manager of the Season award? On the other hand, Ola Yiwola Trimi felt Klopp did a great job,、uh, saying Mo Salah, Sadio Mane, and Naby Keita, who are integral parts of the team, went for the Nations Cup. Yet Liverpool never lost any match during that time. And then many felt the managers of smaller teams deserve a lot of credit. Oscar Taras in Kenya says Patrick Vieira did a very good job at Crystal Palace, and Mola Kinte in the Gambia says I think Graham Potter deserves it with Brighton.、Uh, looking at the limited budget of the club, which you can't compare to the likes of Liverpool or Man City. Elvis Cheriot in Kenya also says Graham Potter、uh, because he played decent football against the top six. And Akabi Ndundat in Cameroon says Graham Potter for me did it.、Uh, the way his Brighton plays as a neutral, you must appreciate the good work done by Potter says Kabi. Mihirite Abes Aguye in Ethiopia says Patrick Vieira, Graham Potter, and Eddie Howe did so well with limited resources. I would go for Eddie Howe, who took over when Newcastle were rock bottom. And a Patrick Lumumba Adroa in Uganda says Eddie Howe for me because in December the headline said the richest club in the world is about to be relegated. Ikpa Emmanuel Bemga in Nigeria says, "For me, the manager of the season deserves to go to Eddie Howe. The work he's done at Newcastle is just unthinkable." And Mafian Joseph Mwasike in Ghana says, "Eddie Howe for me." Akem Leslie in Nigeria says, "This season, I can say the standout managers are Graham Potter, Thomas Frank, and Eddie Howe.、Uh, the manager of the season should go to Thomas Frank at Brentford, getting 14th spot with very little resources." We had a couple of other suggestions too. Tahib Adeshola in Nigeria says Antonio Conte turns Spurs into a beast, and Cheesy Easy Chi says we all forgot Arsenal were bottom of the table three weeks in with no points and no goals. Mikel Arteta did a remarkable job. I would give it to him. We never saw Arsenal fighting for that Champions League spot coming from where they were. And a Fuad Ticino K in Sierra Leone also says Arteta he manages the youngest team in the Premier League this season and still maintained a position amongst the best five. Well, thanks very much for all of those comments. Always great to hear from you. And this week on social media, we're asking: Was Liverpool's season a success or a failure? Uh, Liverpool were chasing a historic quadruple, but ended up with two trophies: the FA Cup and the EFL Cup. They narrowly missed out on the Premier League title and lost the Champions League final by a single goal. So, what do you think? Was their season a success or a failure? You can post a comment on our Facebook page, that's Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Was Liverpool's season a success or a failure? 
Well, now let's go to our European football expert, Stuart Weir, in the UK and Real Madrid, the champions of Europe for a record-extending 14th time, beating Liverpool 1-0 in Paris last weekend with Real goalkeeper Thibaut Courtois, the hero. And Carlo Ancelotti became the first coach to win a fourth Champions League title. Uh, chaos outside the Stade de France. Uh, thousands of Liverpool fans unable to get into the stadium. Uh, wow, where should we start, Stuart? I'd like to start in the group stages because when Real Madrid lost at home to Sheriff Moldova in September, they looked anything but Champions League winners. Then in the knockout stage uh, first game, they were 2-0 down to Paris Saint-Germain with half an hour to go and it seemed all over. But Benzema scored three goals in 17 minutes. Then there was the quarter-final. Chelsea went three goals up in Madrid only for Real to get it back to parity and for Benjamin to score the winning goal in extra time. And if they had got away with it against Paris Saint-Germain and Chelsea, they seemed absolutely dead and buried in the semi-final with Manchester City. Manchester City leading by two goals with a minute left. And Real managed to score three goals in five minutes to take them into extra time and win it and Benjamin did score the final goal. So that is quite a road that Real Madrid had to travel to get to the final. The final itself, well, it was a bit more of the same because Liverpool had more possession, created more chances, but Real Madrid took the only chance and won 1-0. Liverpool had nine shots on target against Real Madrid's two, but as you say, the former Chelsea goalkeeper Courtois was in inspired form. He made nine saves, the most ever in a Champions League final. And his saves from Mane and Salah in particular were outstanding. Liverpool have played 63 games this season, only failed to score in six of them. Although, ironically, the six scoreless games included three cup finals. Real Madrid, as you say, have won the Champions League or its predecessor, the European Cup, a record 14 times. The trophy has gone to Spain 19 times, England second with 14 wins and Italy with 12. And, as you say, a personal triumph for Carlo Ancelotti. It was, in fact, his sixth Champions League win, twice as a player with AC Milan, twice as coach of AC Milan and twice as coach of Real Madrid. They'll be calling it the Ancelotti Trophy soon. Sadly, though, the final is remembered as much for the chaos surrounding it than the football itself. The kickoff was delayed by more than half an hour as fans arriving to find the turnstile indicated on their ticket locked shut. Police were sending fans down streets that were too narrow to take them. There were photographs of fans patiently waiting for turnstiles to open being sprayed by tear gas by the French police. The policing and stewarding seemed completely inadequate. In fact, the mayor of Liverpool said afterwards that he was in the VIP area pleading with the president of UEFA to do something urgently, fearing that fans would be killed. The French authorities have blamed Liverpool, but independent witnesses provide lot of evidence that the French authorities simply didn't manage the situation well. And UEFA has commissioned an independent report on what went wrong. It's been a great year for Liverpool uh, and it's been built to a large extent around African players with three playing in the final. 
But this could all change because Bayern Munich are very keen to sign Sergio Mane and the Senegalese player has so far not committed his future to Liverpool. Mo Salah answered speculation that he was going to leave Liverpool this summer by saying he would stay for one more season but has not committed beyond that. Naby Cater will be out of contract next year and Joel Matip uh, from Cameroon, who has two years in his contract, has lost his place in the team at the moment. So, it could be a change at Liverpool. And you know, Steve, I've been reflecting a bit on where this defeat leaves Liverpool. For most of the year, we've been talking about Liverpool's amazing season as they chased an impossible quadruple of trophies. But the season ended with Manchester City as Premier League champions, Liverpool losing in the final of the Champions League and you could actually say that they won the League Cup and the FA Cup only on penalties having failed to score a goal in the 120 minutes of both finals. A great achievement by the Reds to compete for four trophies but the season may be judged by some to be a disappointment. Yeah, that's a good talking point, that, isn't it? And, uh, yeah, we'll see uh, if uh, Sadio Mane is going to leave the Reds. And for Mohamed Salah, uh, what a tough year it's been for him, uh, losing the Africa Cup of Nations final on penalties with Egypt, uh, losing the World Cup playoff again to Senegal on penalties, uh, then just missing out on the English Premier League title and uh, the Champions League uh, as well. Uh, so the, just like the African Champions League final, positives and negatives uh, with the the UEFA Champions League final. Uh, now, Stuart, the sale of Chelsea is now complete and one of the big stories that's been running for the past few weeks. Um, what does this mean for the club? That's a good question, Steve, and I don't really know the answer. Yes, Chelsea have got new owners, a consortium led by Todd Boyley with the money going to charitable foundations, none of the money going to the Russian Roman Abramovich, the previous owner. Boyle is currently the owner of the LA Dodgers baseball team in America. It is expected that Thomas Tuchel will remain as head coach, but we wait to see how much money will be available for new players this summer. Already, Chelsea have lost Andreas Christensen and Antonio Rüdiger, who sort of partly said that they left when they got a good offer and they didn't know what the future was at Chelsea. And there may well be other players who leave this summer. So I think all we can say is we've got to watch developments over the next few weeks and see what happens. Yeah, there must be concerns there for the uh, Chelsea fans, especially with uh, the exit of uh, Rudiger and uh, Christensen. And just uh, Nottingham Forest uh, back in the English Premier League, uh, winning the Championship playoff. Uh, they're a famous club, Stuart. Steve, I've got a great trivia question for you. Which English club has been champions of Europe more times than champions of England? The answer is Nottingham Forest. They won the Champions League twice, but their own English League Championship just once. Now, the city of Nottingham is about 200 kilometres north of London, had a population of three quarters of a million, and in the last year they regularly had crowds in the Championship of over 25,000. It was back in the 1970s when Brian Clough became manager of Nottingham Forest, a run-of-the-mill, middle-of-the-table, championship team. Within five years, Clough had taken Forrest into the top division, won the league, won the European Champions Cup, as they called it then, twice, and the League Cup twice. 
But it's it's a while since they've seen anything like that glory. When Forest beat Huddersfield in the Championship playoff 1-0, it signified their return to the Premier League for the first time since 1999. Forest have had an excellent run in the FA Cup this year as well, beating Arsenal, Leicester City, and then losing to Liverpool just by one goal. So they look as if they can uh, match some of the big boys. Their manager is an interesting character, Steve Cooper, he's just 42, relatively inexperienced. He's not played professional league football. He was manager of Swansea City for two years only when he was appointed as Forrest and he took Forrest into the Premier League in his first season. He's previously worked for the English FA, coaching the England under-16s and 17s. So he's very much a coach's coach who enjoys coaching players rather than a manager, if we might make that distinction. Now, Forrest's goalkeeper we've mentioned before, Bryce Samba, is Congolese. He's been at the club for three years, having played previously in France for a number of years. Forrest also have Gaetan Bong from Cameroon, who had several seasons at Brighton. But he has so far failed to get a regular place at Forrest. Forest really have no well-known players. Their squad looks very much a championship squad. So expect them to make a number of signings before next season. On paper, they look favourites for relegation. But Steve, didn't we say that about Brentford a year ago? And look how well they did. Ah, well, indeed, uh, many of us did. So we'll see how Nottingham Forest to get on uh, in the top flight. Thanks very much, Stuart. Uh, that's it for the show for this week. So from me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Ida Waringa in Nairobi, and from Stuart Weir in the UK, thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.